My name is Carlin Borisenko, and you're listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. You can find back episodes of the podcast over at activelyunwoke.com slash podcast, along with links to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., etc., etc. While you're there, if you appreciate my work, I hope you'll consider becoming a financial supporter. You can do that at activelyunwoke.com slash support. Join up in my locals, my Patreon, my Substack, or you can make a one-time gift. I really appreciate it. I am funded 100% by you, and I can't do it without you. All right, so for those who don't know, a little bit of backstory about me. I'm an organizational psychologist. What that means is that I spent a lot of time working with businesses to help make better working environments. And the reason I became an organizational psychologist is that I figured we spent our lives at work. There was no reason to be miserable every day. And if we could make better working experiences, then we could create a better, more fulfilling culture and people would just be happier all around. That makes sense to me. I spent a lot of time doing that. And when I was working on that, I got really into mindfulness. So a lot of people think of mindfulness as being very kind of woo-woo and hippie and meditation. And, you know, to some extent it is all those things. But I got into mindfulness because it helped me maintain a positive outlook and perspective no matter what was going on around me. And I got so into mindfulness that I actually ended up writing a whole book about it. My first book, which all of you may not actually know about, is I wrote a book called Zen Your Work. Create Your Ideal Work Experience Through Mindful Self-Mastery, where I taught people how to apply different mindfulness techniques to their work experience. Things like being aware, being aware of your perspective, what's going on with your body, your surroundings, things like that. Being in the present moment and trying to have an attitude of non-judgment about the things that happen to you. I applied that to all different types of work experiences to help people be happier in their work environment. And that was what I did up until I got thrown into this insane world of the culture wars. And then I spent the last three years of my life surrounded by some of the most outrage-addicted, miserable people in the world. And I have to admit, I got really out of practice with my mindfulness techniques that I was using in my personal life. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing them, but when you're surrounded all day, every day, by a band of screeching hyenas, and that is really the best way I can think to describe my existence for the last three years, I'm surrounded all day, every day by a roving band of screeching hyenas that just go from one place to another, creating destruction wherever they go, just complaining about everything, outraged about everything. Everything is wrong. Everything is awful. Every person they disagree with is the worst possible human being in the world. Every person they disagree with is a narcissist. These people spend all days digging into every single thing people they don't like have ever said on the internet to try to take it out of context, to twist it in the worst possible way. I've been attacked and smeared by these people all over the internet for years. And by the way, these are people who claim to be against woke culture. That's the existence I've had for the last three years. 
And it's been really, really, really challenging. And I have to admit that the last two years specifically have been probably two of the most challenging years of my entire life because I have felt that in trying to do the right thing, in trying to push back against what I do believe is a cultural revolution that is taking place in this country, I have been exposed to a dark underbelly of humanity that I really didn't know existed. And there have been times when it has changed me into a completely different person. I think it's one thing to know that this happens in theory. And for much of my life, I, I have been someone that understood that this happened in theory. I think it's another thing to experience it. And so I've asked myself a lot of questions over the past couple of years. I've asked myself, why on earth would I be put through this absolute nightmare of an experience? And the answer that I've come to is that I needed to be put through it in order to teach you about it. In order to teach you why it is so important that when you're fighting monsters, as we are all fighting, you must understand your values. You must understand the things you're fighting for. Because if you spend all your days fighting monsters, as we do, you have to be careful not to become the monster that you're fighting. And so yesterday, a member of my community, shout out to Fran. Fran has been a member of my supporter community for years, and she is a wonderful lady. And she gave a presentation yesterday because she has a coaching practice to help people find the joy in their lives. She gave a presentation yesterday called Unleash Your Joy. And if you get a chance to see this presentation from Fran, I highly encourage you to at some point. I hope she'll do it again. And a bunch of members of my community went. And as I was sitting there watching it, I was thinking, this is the world that I came from before all of this unwoke chaos started. This is the world I came from. I came from the coaching world. I came from the mindfulness world. I came from the people who were talking about not putting limitations on yourself, of having a positive perspective, having a positive mindset, making sure you're focusing your energy and attention on things that are up, going to uplift your life rather than things are, that are going to bring you down. That's the world I used to exist in all day, every day. And I was so happy. And I was very successful when I was in that space as well. You know, people think that optimism is unrealistic. I disagree wholeheartedly. I actually made more money when I was in that world than I have in the fighting back against woke culture. So the optimism leads to your success. It leads to your personal success. It leads to your professional success because your mindset really does matter. And I came out of the presentation from Fran yesterday and just, I felt so good. And I felt like this is the world that I want to go back to. So what does that mean for fighting back against the woke left? Well, we're not going to stop doing that. You don't stop doing something just because it's hard. What you have to do is frame the fight 
and your participation in it in a way that allows you to maintain a positive and optimistic perspective. You know, I've been told by so many people who have read my book, Actively Unwoke, The Ultimate Guide for Fighting Back Against Woke Insanity in Your Life. I've been told by so many people who read it that even though it's a heavy subject matter, and it is, I wrote it in a way that made them feel really good and really optimistic and that they were they enjoyed reading it. It wasn't a hard read like so many of these books are. It didn't make them feel bad. It made them feel good. And that was intentional. I worked very hard to make that book fun to read, even though we're talking about some of the toughest subject matter in the world. Because if people feel better, if they feel good, they're going to be more likely to show up. I do the same thing with my weekly happy hour streams and my weekly Socialism Saturday streams on my YouTube channel. We do happy hours at 5 p.m. on Fridays. We do Socialism Saturday on 6 p.m. on Saturdays. And in those streams, we watch hard content. We watch woke training from start to finish, the full gamut of it. We watch real socialism on that, on that stream. But I try to make them fun. And I try to make them lighthearted because if you can teach people about what's going on and also make it a fun, engaging experience, that's something people are going to want to show up for. So I've had kind of this little existential crisis for the last couple of days where I've just been reeling from wanting to get back to this place of being able to help people maintain an optimistic perspective, being able to help people on their mindset, being able to integrate some of the mindfulness techniques that I that I used to practice every single day and which teach people as a profession into this work. And this is something I'm going to keep contemplating because, I mean, listen, there's a whole chapter in Actively Unwoke about self-care. There's no accident that I wrote an entire chapter about how to take care of yourself mentally when you're fighting back against the woke left. But I think that this is going to start becoming a more important part of what I do simply because I don't think that we can win if everyone around us is miserable. And I feel like I'm in this place where I'm watching cancel mob after cancel mob after cancel mob again in the so-called anti-woke space. I see more coordinated cancel mobs coming up in the anti-woke space than they do on the political left. That's the truth. The anti-woke space online is not anti-woke. They're just a different brand of authoritarian. We cannot exist in this successfully. We have to do something different. We have to commit to values that are different from the people that we're fighting. We have to commit to a positive, optimistic outlook, knowing that our actions matter in the face of a challenge and that stress is something that can drive you to your greatest achievements rather than something to be feared. We have to remind ourselves of these things. So, in order to kick off this discussion, I want to read you a section of my book. Again, my book is Actively Unwoke, the ultimate guide for fighting back against woke insanity in your life. You can get a copy of it over at activelyunwoke.com. It comes in hardcover, it comes in Kindle, and yes, it even comes in audio version. 
on Audible, read by me. And the section that I want to read to you, you know, it's so funny when I look back on the writing of this book, and I I think a lot of it was faded. Um, The section I want to read to you is in chapter four of the book, which are my rules for the actively unwoke. It's a play on Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. And the number one rule that I had was know your values. There's a reason that I put knowing your values as number one. And I want to read you the section of the book that talks about really understanding why you're fighting, why you're doing this in the first place, and what sort of of boundaries you're going to set for yourself. Let's read. Rule number one, know your values. Friedrich Nietzsche said, beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Actually, there are at least a dozen slightly different variations of this quote floating around. But the point remains the same. When you are fighting evil, be careful that you yourself don't take on the qualities of the evil you're fighting. Sometimes we have to dabble in their squalor, but that doesn't mean we have to become them. That would defeat the entire purpose. In the early part of my journey in the land of the politically homeless, I gravitated towards the Make America Great Again or MAGA movement and eventually ended up doing something I never thought I would do in my life. I ended up supporting Donald Trump for re-election. The clincher for me was when he banned critical race theory via executive order from all federal agencies and contractors. He was the only person to take action against it at that very large scale. It was our first truly grand victory. Not only has Joe Biden since rescinded the executive orders, he's also actively working to integrate critical race theory into every part of the federal bureaucracy, including cementing it in schools through the Department of Education. It's important to say here that I don't particularly care if you supported Donald Trump or not, if you think he really won or he didn't. None of these things matter anymore, and we have to come together to fight the greater menace. Bickering over which presidential candidate a person supported only allows the woke to win and distracts everyone from the larger fight. However, I have to say something that will annoy the Trump haters out there. The MAGA movement during the 2020 election was one of the most amazing, positive experiences of my life. There was so much love. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm talking about the average people, the voters, the group of people who have been characterized as horrible, evil, racist, and white supremacists turned out to be some of the nicest people in the world. After the election and especially after January 6th, things began to change. And after the inauguration of Joe Biden, I watched so many people on the political right slowly turn into the monsters they were fighting. They started to become so reactionary to anything the left did, especially their most hated politician, AOC, that it became completely distracting from the larger picture. One of the most pronounced incidents came when there was a concerted effort 
to cancel Chrissy Teigen. Now, I'm not a Teigen fan by any stretch. However, all of a sudden, there was a massive campaign led by some of the most well-known influencers on the right for tweets she had sent years before. Now, granted, her tweets were absolutely bullying, but it wasn't the only time she had behaved badly. But no matter how you paint it, going after her two years after the fact was not for principle. It was for revenge. And even worse, if you spoke up against it, you were attacked. A classic social justice warrior tactic to suppress dissent. So most people who disagreed with it just kept quiet. Now, this is not to say that the entire right has become the monster they're fighting. They haven't, but a portion of them have, and it only hurt the greater picture. Sadly, the conservative influencers, usually the ones with a blue check on Twitter, have a more invested interest in making their audience angry than they do in fixing the problem. We have to be better than them. We have to keep our eye on the prize. Every time we allow ourselves to be distracted by petty battles, like complaining about Jill Biden being called Dr. Biden, or complaining about the latest lie AOC has told, the woke use it as a chance to make progress, and we've just lost ground. Even when you have to fight, even when you have to get aggressive, even when you have to use their own tactics against them, you also have to be able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and know you did it for a reason. You achieve some positive movement, even if it's just a sliver of an inch. We're fighting to protect freedom of speech for everyone, not just for those people we agree with. We're fighting to make sure everyone can participate in the discussion and that dissent is permitted without cancellation. We're fighting for a true marketplace of ideas, one that utilizes debate instead of censorship and intimidation. We're fighting for children to be able to go to school and learn how to think, not what to think. We're fighting because every time a child is told they can't achieve success in the world because of their skin color, that is child abuse, and it's happening in your local public school every day. We're fighting for people to be able to support whatever political party they like without risking their job. We're fighting to make sure people have the freedom to think and consider different ideas and can even retain the right to change their mind based on new information. We're fighting for a society in which we can celebrate all of the progress we've made over the last 250 plus years while still acknowledging that things aren't perfect and there are still areas for improvement without being forced to say the country is foundationally racist. We're fighting for the things that the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, used to fight for. The most deplorable speech to still be protected, because when you protect the worst of the worst, you protect free speech for everyone else. And really offensive speech is the only kind of speech that needs protection anyway. No one is going to demand cancellation 
for people they agree with. Whatever you're fighting for, make sure you have a really clear picture of it in your head and hold yourself accountable to your own values. Take a few moments before you move on and write a few notes about why this fight is important to you. Every time the going gets rough, go back to your why. Remind yourself why your why is important and make sure you're holding yourself accountable to these values. There's so much noise out there. Do not allow the nonsense to distract you by keeping your values and your why top of mind. And that's the end of the rule in the book. So I guess I'm going on a little journey of revisiting some of my own values. You know, I wrote this portion of the book probably, oh gosh, two years ago now. About two years ago. Maybe a little less, but about that. And there's so much that's changed since I wrote this portion of the book. But there's also so much that stayed the same. I think what I'm going to do is to accompany this podcast, I'm going to post an article, or rather an essay, on my substack, carlyn, K-A-R-L-Y-N, dot substack.com. You can also get there by going to activelyunwoke.com slash substack. I'm going to post an essay on there where I talk about my values, and I'm going to share with you how I think about this. You may not agree with my values, and that's all right. I'm not the right teacher for everyone. I'm not the right person for everyone. But I will absolutely say that I'm going to start making more of an effort to integrate the values of optimism and perspective and mindset into what I'm doing in regards to the woke left. And I promise you, some of you might be a little skeptical, I understand that, but I promise you, if you come on this ride with me, you will experience so much benefit and you will feel so much better. So that's my plan. I will post the accompanying essay over on my Substack, And when I do, I will make sure I leave a link in the show notes for the podcast so that you can go find it if you want to. All right, guys, that's all I've got for this one. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.